The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And welcome to the Pride of Detroit midweek podcast, the one we call First Bite. It's our midweek interview show where we bring in a special guest. We are in the middle of our draft review process. We are all the way to Derek Barnes, the Lions' fifth pick in the fourth round. Before we get into all that, my name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the editor-in-chief at Pride of Detroit and your co-host for First Bite. With me, as always, is Ryan Matthews at Ryan underscore POD. Ryan, how are we doing? A little decorum today. You know, the podcast was kind of off the rails this week but this is our this is our serious uh suit and tie yes. um show yes we're, we're trying to to bring it all back to, to some seriousness and hopefully to bring some of that decorum with them uh we have mike carmen the beat writer for the purdue boilermakers over at the journal and courier mike how you doing today i didn't know it was dress up day <laughs> i mean I'd have, I'd have put on a tropical shirt if that was a case. <laughs> it's all relative, to be honest. I mean, anything would would be a little bit more uh, dressed up than 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 Monday show. But anyways, let's put that behind us. Let's talk about uh, Derek Barnes. That's what, who we're here to talk about. I, I would say a, a very intriguing pick from the Detroit Lions. One that fans are 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 definitely excited about. I think just by mere of the linebacker position being a weakness for this team for so long. Um, before we get into his skills as a linebacker, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on Derek Barnes as a person, Mike, because uh, we, we haven't really had a chance to talk to him much so far. Well, at least early in his career, we had a chance to talk to him uh, <laughs> right. before, you know, before COVID. So uh, Derek's a guy that came in uh, same year that Jeff Brom came into Purdue uh, back in 2017. Um, he, you know, he was part of that first class and he, he played linebacker that first that first year for Purdue and um, kind of went for a full circle. Right. But Derek's always been a kind of a pleasant player to, to deal with, at least from a media standpoint, uh, very engaging personality, um, kind of knows. Yeah, he's very, very confident in his abilities, very confident in what he's trying to say. Uh, but he's he, he's he's been a good he's been a good person here at Purdue to deal with, and um, the fact that Detroit traded up to get him kind of speaks how Detroit feels about him and kind of the progress that he has made throughout his career, especially this past uh, season, uh, for him to to get in that position to 
to, to be drafted in the fourth round. Yeah. And uh, originally Mike, he was a, uh, he was just a two-star recruit coming out of high school and originally committed to Toledo, but then flipped to Purdue. Did that have a lot to do with Jeff Brom getting hired in and, and him making the switch, you know? Yeah, it, it did because Jeff, Jeff would have been recruiting him uh, at Western Kentucky uh, before he came to Purdue. So Jeff, Jeff did a lot of that his first year where guys that they were recruiting in Western Kentucky, he, he tried to get them to come to Purdue and he had a lot of success in that. And Derek's one of those guys that he had success with. And, you know, for Derek, it was a no brainer. You go from the Mac to the big 10, uh, an opportunity to play, you know, at, at one of the highest levels against some of the better teams uh, in the country. And I, I do think that kind of has helped Derek uh, progress and improve throughout his uh throughout his career is the fact that he, he did play against the Ohio States and the Michigans and the Penn States and all those kind of programs. So uh, I think he's put himself in a good position to, to have a long NFL career. Yeah. And I, I kind of want to talk about that kind of coming in as, as an unassuming two-star recruit. It, was there any point, you know, whether it was in, in practice or maybe in those early years where he's just kind of a, uh, a role player um, where you, he stuck out to you as someone like, Oh no! This this guy is is going to be a playmaker here at Purdue, and maybe even play on Sundays. Well, the first thing you have to understand about Purdue football is that most of their team usually are two star recruits, two yeah. and three star recruits. They they do not uh, they do not get five star guys very often. They do get talented guys. Uh, Jeff Brom has has upgraded the talent in a lot of areas, but across the board, they're going to get under the radar guys. Here's the thing with Derek. He he, uh, he came in as a freshman. He was he was a middle linebacker, and they had some injuries uh, that first year. And I remember they they went to Wisconsin middle of October, um, and Derek all of a sudden needed to start. He was going to be in the starting lineup against Wisconsin. Well, at the time, the Badgers have first of all one of the greatest offensive lines in college football usually, yep. uh, but also Jonathan Taylor, who yeah. was a freshman. <laughs> Third third play of the game, Derek goes the wrong direction. Jonathan Taylor blows by him for a 60, I think a 69-yard touchdown. Nice. And <laughs> so his career got off to a rocky, a little bit of rocky start. He, yeah. he had played earlier in the season, some special teams and filled in uh, linebacker, but th- that was his first start. Well, he, he's in there again on the next series, and Wisconsin scores again. So he comes out of the game. I think he settles down a little bit, but – from that point on, he he played well enough throughout his career, even changing positions, yeah. that you could see the progress, you could see the improvement. And he just, you know, he, he got into the deep end early, but got out of it and all to his credit, put himself in a position. I mean, I was, I was kind of hoping he would come back to Purdue for another year uh, just because I thought he had made a lot of strides last season. And I just – you know, here's an opportunity for a guy maybe to improve his stock even more in the NFL. But, you know, after thinking about it and looking at it, he made the right decision. He went while his stock was pretty high. And I think this is going to work out for him. That, that's well, interesting. I, I, I like that story a lot because I feel like it shows a, a, a bit of mental toughness, right? Yeah. Like you go through that in, in your first big action and in a big game against Wisconsin, uh, that that could send a lot of people in a, in a downward spin. But to see him kind of bounce back, whether, you know, maybe not immediately, but um, throughout his career is, is definitely a positive sign, I would say. Oh, very much so. And the fact that he they, – they, they moved him from linebacker to what they call their Leo position, which is a, uh, kind of a rush in 
uh, spot. Um, and he really, he kind of struggled early, but the second half of his junior season, he just kind of caught on Mm -hmm. and he was making plays in the backfield. He was, he, he was harassing the quarterback. He was getting tackles for loss. He, he seemed to be very comfortable uh, at that position. So then at the start of the 2020 season in spring practice before, you know, COVID really set in, they had moved him back to middle linebacker. And those of us that cover Purdue were kind of like scratching our heads. It's like, well, why are you doing this? I mean, he, here's a guy that really had – he probably was what the most improved player on the defense – the second half of 2019 based on how he was playing. And now, although it's his natural position, you're going to move him back. But then the way he played in the six games that Purdue played last season, it was the right move. I mean, it's one of one of few things Purdue did right defensively <laughs> uh, last year, but he, he was a, he was a tremendous player for, for a defense that struggled uh, just the way he played sideline to sideline and showed off his athletic ability was, was really impressive. Uh, to me. Well, I think that's a great story, Mike. They, they, you know, just told us about the Wisconsin and then um, making the position change from, you know, playing linebacker to, to playing that Leo, that, that kind of edge rusher role. Um, what would you attribute a lot of Derek's success to at Purdue? Because it seems like he was put in a lot of situations and a lot of scenarios where he had to kind of hit the ground running and kind of learn learn on the job, so to speak. So like, what would you attribute a lot of his success to? Because it sounds like he's a pretty smart football player. Well, I think you hit it right there. He is a smart football player, understands what needs to be done to put himself in that position. Here's a guy, I mean, he, you know, this is a, this is a common theme with a lot of these guys, but you know, just the work that he put in to, to be the best at whatever position he was going to play. And that showed off when he was playing end. I mean, he put the time in, knowing that's the position they needed him to play. So once he got comfortable in that position, he just kind of took off. And it was the same thing back with linebacker. Now, he didn't have as much to learn returning to linebacker as he did with defensive end, but just the way that he embraced it and the way that he he went about his work. And um, he really – he's not a – you know, once you get to talk to him, um, he, he's not a loud, boisterous guy but he's, he's more of a lead by example guy. And I think that's kind of what he brought to produce team and, you know, the, on all, on both sides of the ball, just his, his leadership. And he really grew into that part and, and took ownership in that part. I mean, that's, that's the other thing, you know, some guys, you know, they want to be a captain, they want to be a leader, but he really embraced it. And, you know, he had, you know, he, he, he would have to say things and, and do things to, to, to be that leader. And I think he did that. And I think that helped him grow not only as a player, but, a, but as a person. Let's uh let's jump a little bit into like the specifics of his game and what makes him good. And I want to start as a pass rusher. And I'm not sure if, if the Lions plan on using him that much in that, but it seems like that's a, a tool he has in, in his tool belt a, a bit. Uh, you know, like you said, really came on at towards the end of 2019. I think he had seven and a half sacks that entire season, which again, kind of, verifies what you were saying. Like it seemed like a head scratching move at the time to move him back to off ball linebacker. But, but what makes him good as a pass rusher? Is it just pure speed or, or is he kind of a technician um, when, when he's rushing the passer? I think is this is overall athletic ability. And, you know, to be honest, I'm not sure we saw that when he played linebacker early in his career, because 
you know, those guys are a little bit confined and in, in where they play and how they play, especially if you're the middle linebacker, you're, you're either going five feet to the left, five feet to the right, or you're going straight ahead. You typically don't go back that much, right. but you're, you're usually playing, playing forward. But when he was at, when he played in, it just his athleticism kind of sh- showed off because he was out on the edge. He was out in space. He had to make plays in space. He had to drop, he had to drop back and pass coverage. He had to do a lot of different things that maybe he didn't do all the time at linebacker. And I really think that probably helped him just overall grow into the player that, that he has become, but he's, he's, he's kind of sneaky fast. He's very strong, he's, you know, but strength is relative to the day that you use it in the NFL, because there are guys, there are a hundred guys stronger than you are that you have to go up against, but he's got, he's got excellent technique. And I think that comes from uh, a lot of the coaching and teaching that he received early in his career at Purdue. Um, you know, I think he's got a lot of the ingredients there that fit into a, a, a total package. Uh, but you know, his, he, he, he's fast enough. And if you watch some film from last year, he made some plays where he had to go sideline to sideline and whether he just, knocking the guy out of bounds or whatever, but he was able to recover and make a play for them. And, you know, I just think once he kind of gets in some open space, I think, you know, his, his quickness and his speed kind of come to the surface. All right, good stuff from Mike Carmen, the, the beat writer for uh, Purdue at Journal and Courier. When we come back, we're going to continue with Mike, uh, talk a little bit about what we think about Derek Barnes' uh, future as a Detroit line now that we know about his past at Purdue. So stick with us here on First Bite. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we are back here on First Bite talking about Derek Barnes with Purdue Beat Writer for the Journal and Courier, Mike Carmen. You can find him at Carmen underscore JC on Twitter. Mike, let's talk about your your projection. Let's say to to the NFL level um, with with Derek Barnes, and let's just start with with physical traits and what you think translates best about his game to the next level. Because obviously, the college game and the professional game are are completely different. But uh, but obviously, the lines took him in the fourth round, expecting him to to something to translate. So, what do you think? I guess is is his best asset that that will translate to the next level. 
Well, I, you know, I do, I do think his speed will, will be on par with, uh, with, with most people he has to compete with and also play against uh, his strength uh, will also be there as well. Um, but I, I, he's going to be the type of guy that's really, I, I think, going to have to ease his way into things. And, you know, if that means he's got to be a special teams player for a lot of his rookie season or first season, uh, then, then so be it. Um, I, I don't know if he can jump right in and be uh, a starter from day one. Uh, you know, a lot of dynamics are there and you have injuries, you have other, other factors that, that go into that. And I, I'm not, and I don't know if he's an every down guy, uh, to start. I think he, I think eventually he can get to that point. Mm-hmm. I think he has the physical skills to, to be an every down player, but he'll have to improve his, his, uh, pass coverage. Uh, and you know, if he's lined up, for example, if Detroit's playing Arizona and the, the guy that Arizona took in the second round, Rondell Moore, slot receiver from mm-hmm. Purdue. Yep. If Derek has to line up on him, I think Rondell's going to win that matchup first of all, <laughs> yeah. for a lot of, for a lot of reasons, but you know, I think he's got some work to do. He's got some studying to do. It's not only the, you know, as you guys know, it's not the, it's not as much the physical abilities because everybody in the NFL has the physical abilities, yeah. but I think Derek will have a chance to separate himself throughout his career based on kind of his, his mental approach and how he, how, how he goes about that part of it. And I think he's a very smart player. He, you know, he understands and he's going to work. He's going to work on that part as much as his physical part. To, to get on the field and play. But I, I see an easing, easing into it for him. Um, and I do think he can, you know, if, if he can do that and get in the right system and the right setup, I think he can, he can stick around for a long time and, and be a productive player in the NFL. Well, so, you know, a, a lot of good things to say about, you know, his, um, his physicality and his strength and things like that. Um, but here in Detroit, uh, over the past few years with Matt Patricia as the Lions head coach, linebackers have fit this very particular mold. They've been big, hulking, bruising guys. Now, it seems like Derek Barnes is a guy who has a lot more speed than any of the linebackers that we've seen in Detroit here in the past you know, few years. Um, to make things, uh, I guess, um, a little a little bit more palatable, Like, is, is there anything that you see out of Derek Barnes that – that you see on Sundays in terms of like, Oh, he reminds me of this player or he has shades of this player to his game, maybe um, on Sundays that you can think of. Not off the top of my head. I, you know, I don't know, um, you know, who he can. Yeah, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I know it's a tough question, but. No, no, no it's a, I mean, it's a fair question and, and it's just a hard question to answer because you don't know every trade of every linebacker that's out there, but you know, based on what you were saying, if they're shifting their philosophy, uh, on getting, you know, what type of linebackers they're getting. If they want more mobile linebackers, guys that can go sideline to sideline um, and do some different things, I think Derek Derek has a chance to to fit that. If they were still looking for big, bulky linebackers that, you know, they wanted to win at the line of scrimmage all the time, I'm, I'm not sure Derek's going to be going to be your guy for that. I mean, he he's going to have to do some of that, but you know, I think his biggest strength will be just be his kind of overall athleticism and just kind of how he fits into whatever scheme that, uh, that Detroit wants to do. Uh, but, you know, it's just, it's just, it it is hard to, to kind of, you know, to, to, to answer that because you just don't know 
every single other linebacker out there that, you know, he's, you know, he's not, he wouldn't be the top of the line linebackers. So uh, my NFL knowledge on linebackers kind of stops with the guys that are making plays (laughs) on a regular basis. So Khalil Mack. Yes. (laughs) He's not Khalil Khalil Mack, but. (laughs) Oh, bummer. Um, Yeah. Well, so the the one other kind of quick sidebar is, you know, kind of a smaller guy, right? Like six foot, you know, 238 pounds. So, I mean, he's got some, he's got something on his frame, but was that ever anything that you saw as a detriment to his, his playing ability was, was his size or no? Well, I mean, it depends on the game. It depends on the situation. I mean, when they, when they played Michigan and when they played some of the, the bigger and better big 10 schools, he, he was undersized just because mm. they just had bigger guys. But, you know, I, I think, you know, you go back and obviously the lines have studied the film, other, other, teams have studied the film on him, you know, it's, it's kind of what you do with the, what you have. And, right. and I, you know, I think that, you know, teams saw enough out of him, maybe against a, an Ohio state, maybe against a, a Penn state or a Michigan uh, that, you know, here's a guy that can, you know, he may not fit the prototypical model of what you want, you know, size, all that from a linebacker, but he brings other intangibles there that kind of push him to the top. And that's, that's the thing I kind of hate about recruiting in college football is there are a lot of programs that just, okay, if you're not this height, you're not this weight, you don't have this wingspan, then we can't, you're not going to be able to play for us. And and that, that's hard. That That's hard to, you know, because a, a player can do nothing about his height. Right. I mean, he just can't. Right. I mean, it's there. I mean, there's an example. I mean, there's a kid here in town, for example, goes to one of the local high schools. I, I watched him play in high school. Now it's, it's high school, but he has a tremendous motor on the defensive line. He's a guy that gets after it, but he doesn't fit the division one or high level division one height at, for a defensive lineman. So he's not getting any offers and Purdue's not really close to offer. Purdue may offer him and they may not just because he doesn't fit that height. But if you know, if you look deeper inside to how he plays and how he goes about it, He's a guy that can potentially help you down the line. And that's, you know, and it takes, it takes some convincing. It, and it's just like the discussions the pro the pro scouts have and the general manager. It's right. like, yeah, he's not, he's not six, four, but he's six, two, and he can do a, B and C here right. <laughs> where the guy that's six, four can't do a. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, Derek's got some things to overcome, but I think he's, I think he's got the mindset to overcome them. And, you know, and I do, I do think he will. Right. And, and yeah, I think a lot of it is about the coaches putting him in the, in the right positions, right? Like, like you said, you know, don't put him in a position where he's going to be matched up against a a guard or anything like that. And, and it's interesting because, um, you know, one guy that certainly had his eye on Derek Barnes the whole time, it's Chris Spielman. Um, who's in the lines front office right now. And he said specifically before the draft, he wanted this defense to get faster. He wanted this team to get faster. And I think Derek Barnes fits exactly that. And, and, and I've seen Chris Spielman keep an eye on Derek Barnes specifically during mini camp. So he's going to have a heck of a, of a mentor, so to speak uh, in the Lions front office there with Spielman. Um, do you, you mentioned, you know, maybe he's a he's a special teamer in his in his first season. Is that something he did a lot at Purdue? And does he kind of have that? I mean, it's tough to be a special teamer in this league. Like you have to have a certain type of mentality, uh, a physical mentality, a, a, a you know, 
really just kind of a, you know, team above all mentality because it's not exactly the most luxurious of, of duties to do on a team. Do you think Derek Barnes will have any sort of issue if, if that's his role in year one? Uh, no. I mean, he, he started out <laughs> playing special teams at Purdue. And the beauty about playing special teams in the NFL is you still get paid. Right. <laughs> yeah, you still yep. get paid. True. It doesn't, you know, if you're a rookie, doesn't matter if you play linebacker or special teams, you still get paid. Yeah. So there, there's That's that a good part. Point. Of it. But I, I think I think in the NFL, and I'm just I'm just guessing here, that just getting on the field and playing special teams helps rookies kind of adjust to the speed of the game. Sure. And understand exactly what they're dealing with. And I think that's the same way in college. You, you, you can put some, you can put some true freshmen out there in college. So they get a feel for the game, a feel for how fast it is. Even if you're just running down the field once, or, you know, you're involved in some, some physical play, whether it be on a kickoff return or a punt return, it is kind of, it kind of gets you going a little bit. And I think yeah. something like that can help Derek or any other player just kind of ease their way into the in the program so they feel a little bit more comfortable because, you know, that first preseason game, you know, his head's going to be spinning and he's going to have to, uh, to adjust to that, similar to what happened in his first start against Wisconsin. Sure. You know, boom, there goes Jonathan Taylor by him. You know, hopefully for him, the same thing. If you're playing the Colts in the, in the preseason, <laughs> yeah. hopefully the same thing doesn't happen to him uh, this time. But – yeah, I think special teams. I think he will embrace it, and I, you know, I think any any way to get on the field, those guys are going to do. Yeah, and 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 beyond special teams, Mike, um, for for Derek Barnes as a player, you know, you talked about those adjustments he had to make while he was at Purdue. You know, playing off the ball, then playing some of that Leo role. Um, where do you think that his skill set will best translate maybe at the NFL level? Like, do you think it'll be like maybe on the edge is, is kind of like a pass rusher, or do you think that it might be better to kind of put him off the ball and let him hit, do his thing sideline to sideline that way? Well, I mean, a lot depends on what system Detroit's going to run and how they want to utilize him. I, I think he can play. I think eventually he can get to get to a point where he can play linebacker, play the middle and be able to, to handle that. But if they need him to come off the ball or if they need an extra pass rusher uh, because of an injury or something like that, I think his versatility really helps him in that area where he's just not a one-dimensional player where he can come off the edge and he can, he can learn that, that position. Um, so, I mean, a lot of it just kind of depends on what Detroit needs from him or, you know, down the line, whatever other team needs from him. If yeah. he's not, if he's not a lion, uh, it's just, as you talked about, they're getting away kind of from the bulky linebackers. You know, maybe maybe he can fit in an outside position, uh, maybe a little bit better. But I, you know, I do think that he he's going to have the traits to do it. It's just, you know, does he fit into the system that they want? And obviously, they took him for a reason. They 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 took him with a plan in mind. I mean, I, I just don't think NFL guys blindly take guys out of the sky with no plan for them. You know, and as you mentioned, Chris Spielman had a, has a plan for Derek Barnes. And I, I like you guys, I'm kind of interested to see what that is because, I mean, that's a tremendous mentor for him. But also to have a guy that, like Chris Spielman, who's going to have Derek Barnes's back uh, in this whole situation and kind of hang with him th throughout some struggles, which he will have. Yeah. 
Well, he, he very, very clearly was a guy that the Lions wanted because they traded up in the, right. you know, right. in the fourth round to get him. So, yep. Um, I just got a couple more uh, for you. On, and this, this is hopefully a fun one. I'm kind of putting you on the spot again here. But if you could think back to, to Barnes' career at Purdue and point out maybe one play or one moment that kind of defines who he is as a person or player, what was it? Wow, that's a that's a hard one because, <laughs> um, or maybe a game. Was there was there a specific game where like he had some he had, he had some nice games where he yeah. had a lot of tackles, he involved a lot of plays. Uh, probably the, the the most recent one would have been last year against Rutgers. Mm-hmm. He ended up getting ejected uh, for um, uh, targeting for yeah for targeting, which wasn't targeting. No, uh, which nobody knows. But targeting. It rarely yeah. ever is. Yeah, who good knows? old college targeting. <laughs> it was raw. It was it was in the open field, and it came at a key moment of the game. But I I, I remember the game because he had really he had played that sideline to sideline game most of the night, and Rutgers was re- kind of running the ball against Purdue. And but then when he got um, when he got ejected for targeting, it came it came. I think it came on a third down play. Mm where Rutgers was in the red zone. And if, you know, Purdue would have held him to a field goal, it would have given Purdue a better opportunity. Uh, Rutgers ended up winning the game. But I just remember when, when he got called for targeting, just kind of the, the, the whole team kind of got deflated. It's like, Oh, they took, they took it. They took our best player off of an average defense defense and we have no chance now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But you know, it's, yeah, there's, there's not, yeah, you know, if, if there was one play, it was back to what I talked about earlier. You know, it was a negative play, but I think it was a, a play that kind of, you know, kind of helped him get get pushed in the right direction, yeah, uh, shaped who he was. Yeah, and you know, and I think he learned from that, and he got and he got going uh, after that. And uh, you know, again, I, it's kind of hard with defensive guys to single out plays because you just sometimes that doesn't does that doesn't register as much, but sure. Uh, he he made he made enough of them to to put himself in a position to get drafted uh, uh, in the NFL. All right. Oh, do you have one more, Ryan? Go for it. Well, I, I, I was just going to transition and say, as much as it pains me and some other Lions fans, uh, Mike, how excited are you about Justin Fields in Chicago? Well, um, I don't have a lot of trust in management. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah. By the way, I don't know if we mentioned this on on air, uh, but but Mike is is a Bears fan and a Bears season ticket holder. Yes, uh, I'm not happy about a potential move to Arlington because that would add 30 minutes to my travel time to <laughs> oh, to, yeah. to a game. But the Arlington um, Bears. Yeah, no, they'd, they'd still be Chicago. <laughs> if there's a way they could do a stadium and keep the horse track there, put the horse track inside the stadium, mm. I, I would oh. be all for it. But because uh, Arlington Park's a great, great place. Um, going into the draft, I wanted it to be a normal draft. I just wanted them to draft somebody that would help them this year, someone that would get on the field. And then when I, you know, everybody saw that they had moved up, I'm like, oh my God, what are they going to do? And then not only did they move up, you're like, okay, how can they screw this up this time? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think they screwed it up. I would love nothing for him to be on the field for the first game, but I also understand that, I mean, you got to put your trust in the coaching staff to determine that. Sure. And if he's not ready, then he's not ready. Uh, he'll be ready when it's time. And 
I, I've just kind of been patient with it. Uh, seeing him play in the Big Ten, you know, brings a lot of – it brings a different skill set that the Bears have not had. Sure. Uh, it's just a matter – you know, it's it's same way with all rookies. Can he get up to the speed of the game? And is in a much different position at quarterback where he's got much more to learn. But they also have to surround him with weapons too. You know, I, I worry about the offensive line. Uh, you worry about, you know, they don't really have a number two receiver outside of Allen Robinson. Um, but he needs to he needs to have some success, but he's going to fail. He's going to fail. He's going to have failures. Yeah. Whether it be a preseason game or a regular season game, he's going to yeah. have struggles. But um, at the end of the day, though, very kind of happy with the pick. Hopefully uh, the quarterback debate can stop in Chicago, whether it be this year or next year. How how much how much of a leash are you giving the front office and the coaching staff at this point? Is, is well, it this year bust? Well, I think they bought themselves some time yeah. with Justin Fields. Yeah, because Sam, you can strategic be, you, move, right? Yeah, you can. It, it bought management another year, I think. Yeah. Um, and if if Fields does well, that means the Bears are going to do well. True. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, if they, if management sticks around ten years, that means. The Bears are doing well, and I will hold no ill feelings toward them. <laughs> but if, if things unravel, I guess they have to be raveled before they unravel. I'm not sure the Bears are actually <laughs> raveled enough. They're like the big ball of string in the movie Vacation. They're just all together right there right now. But they've been unraveled for, for a long time, so – Mike is one of the most sensible Bears fans I think I've ever spoken to in my well, entire life. <laughs> being in this profession kind of forces it on you. That's you know, when I, you know I, I'm very enthusiastic when I go to games, but also very I understand what's happening, why it's happening, and yeah, I, I should record the people that sit around us at their <laughs> games because not only because of the language is very colorful, but some of the idiotic things that they say. Just oh yeah, this I scratch my head because <laughs> just have no clue, and some of that's just as you know the the uh, the beverages know. are talking. Oh yeah, place. oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But there's a lot of <laughs> irrational fans in every fan base, but the Bears seem to have their fair share. Yeah, we. I mean, we we deal with a, a fair share of our own. I mean, if, if you're a Lions fan, period, uh, I think some people would just call that delusion. Uh, but <laughs> you know what? We're, we 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 all love each other. And everybody's got a team. Everybody roots for a team. Yeah, and that's just that's it's just our family. The way it is. It's an extension of our family. That's how I like to put it. Anyways, that's Mike Carvin, the uh, the beat writer, the pretty beat writer for the Journal and Courier. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike. I really appreciate it. Um, I'll give you a moment here to, to plug your stuff, whether it's your Twitter account or, or anything. Maybe Lions fans or Purdue fans might be interested in in, uh, in hearing or reading. I doubt that they're interested in anything that I do. <laughs> I am on the Twitter machine at Carmen underscore J uh, underscore J uh, Carmen underscore JC. Uh, so I am on that. And sometimes I do a little 30 second video on Instagram. Uh, Look at that. Just I'm trying to be uh, forward thinking and <laughs> embracing technology. Savvy. <laughs> As you know, I'm, I'm probably closer to retirement than I am anything else, but just trying to. Kudos to you, man. Jump in with the kids. I have not, and I will not pursue anything called TikTok. <laughs> <laughs>
You and me both, Mike. Yeah, he's lying though. He he he. Yeah, he's a big TikTok guy, and he won't admit it. <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh thank you all for joining us today we'll be back with the main podcast on monday night we'll be doing uh our our green room app um for live q a's on saturday mornings at 10 30 a.m make sure you download that app and join us but until then thanks for joining us everybody we'll see you next time it's chaos be kind <laughs>